Uh-huh. All right. So now we're back. Good, good. All right. So do you want to go first with your topic? Yeah, I can go first. I went with how basically the process of how video games are made. I went ahead with mm-hmm. that. Now, each of these processes is basically a topic in and of itself. So I'm basically going to be going on surface level because if I delve deeper than that, they're their oh. own topics that could take up this entire slot as well. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, your, your basic components are your high concept, your pitch, your concept, your game design document, and your prototype, and then production. So your high concept is you coming up with the idea. The high concept for video game making is basically you filling out your application to the job, right? It's similar to that. Because then you have your pitch, and your pitch is when you're actually in your interview. And that's you introducing your game to your publishers, that's telling them what it is. Is it a high-octane off-road racer? Is it a brutal dark elsewhere RPG? Is it a fast-paced precision sci-fi shooter? You know, whatever it might be. Uh, you want to keep your presentation as visual as possible. So like a slideshow, concept drawings, landscape art, music, uh, even maybe even if you can, if you can do it, a small demo, like two, three-minute demo. Uh, This is also you communicate why this game would be financially and commercially lucrative like this. This part of it feels very much like um, the is it the think tank? There's a there's a TV show where a lot of people pitch their business ideas to backers and they're trying shark tank shark tank shark tank. Yeah. So it's very much like Shark Tank because your 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 pitch is basically like what you're going to need, uh, how much you know, how much manpower you're going to need, what are the resources you're going to need, what are the overall costs going to be, what is the game about, what are some of its mechanics, things like that. Um, you also want to leave a summary of your project kept to a single page with assets. Uh, with all the assets on a uh, F2P or USB stick. Um, You also have to be kind of, and you have to be careful with who you're dealing with because there are companies like EA who like to buy ideas and kill them. Like, uh, I think we even had a a podcast where we talked a little bit about how EA would buy out a studio and then close it. And they'd set really short deadlines for them to finish whatever game they had a commission to build, you know, obviously not being able to make that deadline. And when they didn't make it, they canceled their contract and closed down the whole studio. So EA is notorious for that kind of bullshit. So you got to be really careful about that. Now, your concept is basically the marriage between your pitch and your high concept. This is where you're fine-tuning and pinning down all the stuff you want to do. And then that's going to go into your game design document. That's going to have assets, landscapes, 3D models, uh, uh, the mechanics of your game. That's you fleshing out your story, your plot line, um, having your characters named and designed, having enemies named, designed, all of that stuff. Um, and then you have your prototype, which, like the demo 
back in the pitch meeting, it'll be a much longer demo. It'll be a demo where you can play and actually uh, uh, play around with some of the mechanics up to a certain point, like up to the first boss or up to the you know tenth level, so on and so forth. And it's implementing all of the mechanics that you have come up with for your game, the art design, everything. And then, if all of that is accepted, you go into full production. Um, and that's usually when everyone, that's usually when your audience gets involved. Because uh, also in your pitch meeting, you want to let them know what your target audience is. Who are you aiming for for this game? Um, and those are the nuts and bolts. That, that's basically, that's the basic way a, a video gets, a video game gets made. So you have your publishers who we hear about all the time in the industry, your shareholders. They don't care about your vision. All they care about is making their money, which is why you have yeah. to present them why it's financially beneficial and lucrative for them to make, to uh, give you the money to make your game. Because that's what is getting the money to make your game. That's also why a lot of, uh, that's also why Kickstarter has become such uh, a thing for up and coming like indie designers. Um, Cause it's a way for them to control their projects. Because when you have a publisher, uh, if they decide they want something changed, they get the final say in it because it's their money going into it. Um, I remember uh, I was listening to someone talk about working in the gaming industry and they had a meet and there was a meeting and the meeting literally went, we have made this game and this is our main character, this female character. And the, and the shareholders were like, uh, we like what you have here, but can we get rid of the female character and put in a male man character? And it's simply because, from their point of view, the female character would sell less than the male character, the male main character. And those are the kind of decisions that get made. Um, and sometimes they can be as arbitrary as, well, uh, like while you're in the design phase, the, the actual production design production phase, and you, you have everything fleshed out. And then all of a sudden, one of your superiors just comes in and is like, add this to the game. And you're supposed to submit the game next week. And now you have to completely redesign how the mechanics of the game work just to implement this thing that they want to put in. Um, so, yeah. So, game design is coming up with a concept for your game. Um, it's very much like freelancing. It's all—it's basically the same thing as freelance artistry. Like you paint or draw a picture, you put it up, someone likes it, they fund you to make more if they like what they if they like what they hear, and then you put that out, and it's supposed to be financially uh, lucrative for everyone involved. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, how video games get made. If you want to go any deeper into that, as in like how do 3D models get made, I started reading into how 3D models get made, especially for CGI, like in movies and stuff. Yeah, that's a whole top topic in and of itself. <laughs> like you had like uh, the, what I was reading talked a little bit about how CG modeling was done in the Transformers Transformers movies. And mm -hmm. it, Transformers movies were probably the most complicated CGI at the time or since. 
because they had to animate and put the bones in and put the rigging in for every part of the Transformer. Um, and that can take not just one studio, that can multiple. take a yeah, multiple studios. Um, I believe for the Transformer movies, they had anywhere from 15 to 25 studios working on them at a time to Which- get them all done. Which kind of that's kind of the reason why people's minds are blown by you know these single person projects like the Astartes 40k project where one guy did it all and it looks so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it took him how long to do it though by himself? Uh, years, I would guess. Yeah, it took him yeah. years to get all that done by himself. Yeah. Well, I'm like, adding. I'm adding to our ideas and we can make these shorts for just the different parts of game development. Like, so I have game development, CGI, game development story, and game development programming. Oh, shit. I fucked up. Yeah. You also have to be careful of what's called the gray market, which is a market that is outside of the preferred publisher's distribution. So, like, if they want to distribute the video game through Walmart, it might get distributed through a, like, a store like the Dollar Tree, right? And Mm. if that happens, it can be legal for that to happen, but it completely kills the revenue for your game. And this happens to multitudes of products, but it's actually, uh, but it is a thing you have to be careful about when it comes to your video game as well. Um. Yeah, coincidentally enough, since you mentioned Dollar Tree, I found a copy of Madden 17 at Dollar Tree. You you burned it, right? <laughs> I don't know. When did Madden stop being good? Since second game. Okay, so you burned it, right? <laughs> My problem with Madden is they charge you full price for the same game that they had last year with a minor graphical update. That's and different well, players. Everyone no. with any common sense they're, has the they're same all the same. They're them. the same players. <laughs> it's the, they just change the names on the fucking jerseys. I'm cool with Madden updating every year and changing rosters and stuff. But don't charge me fucking $70 for a full game. Charge what it is. It's a fucking DLC roster upgrade with some vis- you know, visual updates. So I could understand paying maybe 20 30 bucks every year for an updated roster list and some new graphical renderings. Wait. But Wait, not who, a whole fucking game. Oh, A fucking E, the dark fucking emperor of the goddamn EA. Yes, yes. And what did we say about EA, Gerald? They're evil. That they're full of shit. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, don't get me better. You know, I, I like fucking Destiny, but Destiny was part of EA for a while. And now that they're. No, it was part of Activision. Well. Same difference, though. But yeah. <laughs> Once they got free of those clutches, yes, there's not as much. The game is marketably better to me since it went back just to straight bungee. Yeah. And there was a meme going around. Um, I, I even shared it. It was uh, 
it was your your guardian character and Petra pointing their you know pointing your guns at um, Fucknuts. I can't remember what his name is now. Aldrin. <laughs> Aldrin, yeah. And it's uh, and like on like on your character was like uh, ga- the gamers, and on Petra's character was like Bungie, and then we're they're both pointing guns at Activision. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's gotten a lot better since Activision was kicked out. Okay, where do I go now? There's a but, light over there. Go towards the light. But yeah, so, but those are how video games come to be. Yeah, it's not really all that complicated a process. On paper. On paper. <laughs> you start going deep, deep in. That's when you hear. That's when you start hearing the horror stories, like the dreaded crunch time. <laughs> uh, well, crunch time get... is rough, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's rough. Well, it's rough for everybody, not just video games. Like I'm sure crunch time for some of your jobs that you've done is rough. Eh, well, it ain't pleasant. <laughs> I forget, Gerald. I, I don't do know if do? it's rough, but it definitely ain't pleasant. Uh, I was working construction for a union for a while. Right now, I am working. I'm doing some factory work. He's moving those boxes. Moving those boxes. Eh. Well, I mean, boxes are being moved. <laughs> Oh, I'm fucking lost again. God damn it. Chewie's the first lieutenant, everybody. No, the reason why my uh, shit was fucking up is I was trying to watch a YouTube video and do this at the same time, but my phone can't do both at the same time. Fuck. Mm. Damn it, phone. Well, it'll let me hear y'all, but it won't let me talk. And then when I try to go back, the phone gets confused. Mm. And it won't reopen the Anchor app completely. Ah, so that's what was going on. Okay. So for mine, uh, how it's made bit is uh, leather firefighter helmets. Now, I can, I can speak about this because I was one of the guys that made parts for it. Specifically the brass ring cap for the uh, the insulated foam cap that goes into the hat. And then I also uh, had to drill in the brass little eagle that holds the firefighter's badge, a uh, leather badge number and stuff on the, on the hat. So the process starts with those poor bastards over there who have to make all the molds they use the molds to make the i don't it's not styrofoam but it's a kind of uh hard foam and that's the cap that sits on on the firefighter's head so they make that it gets sent to leave at that part point it got sent to me where i would roll out strips of brass to make the the part where you would then nail or hammer in the 
cloth part that goes on the back of the firefighter's neck mm-hmm. to help, you know, pre- prevent getting burnt. I made that. I also put in the, the harness system, put that into the cap. Then I would mash that into the finished uh, leather hat. And then, like I said, I would put the little brass eagle on there and then drill the hole in and then rivet that in. And that, that got a little complicated sometimes. I would, I'd have to do a lot of readjusting the length of the drill bit because sometimes it would get, get the hole through just perfectly. Other times it would get the hole through and then put a divot in the, in the leather. So that was, uh, it was a trial and adjust and do this and adjust and then adjust again and adjust again. Yeah. But it was a, it was an interesting job. Hell, the guy I trained ended up being better than me. And that's when I got fired. The end does tend to be (laughs) how they do it. Yep. And you know, it's funny because Gerald suggested this, this, as the main topic, I love watching how it's made videos like for, from discovery channel. I'll watch them on YouTube, like for hours. And there's even this, this guy, his YouTube name is Hugbees, And he takes those discovery shows, like how it's made modern marvels and unwrapped. And he puts his own sarcastic, hilarious spin on it. They're so they're, they're hilarious. I would recommend it. So you look them up. It's H U G G B E E S. He also uh, does streaming of playing games and also commenting on like TV shows and movies and stuff. He's hilarious. Well, that's all I've got. What about you, Chewy? You got anything? <laughs> Chewy derail us. Oh, no, no. He derailed himself. <laughs> Probably trying to watch that video again. Well, this will be a, a quick segment then, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, when it comes That's down fine. to telling someone how something is made, it's really actually quite easy. Um, and then when you want to go deeper into it, it's a whole nother subject. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, there he is. You got you got a how it's made for us, Chewy. Otherwise, we're going to finish this segment out. Um, no, not really. Um, only thing I know how to make is correctional officers, and nobody wants to hear about that or do that. So yeah, it takes too long. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, how to frustrate Chewy? It's easy. You just send him into the beginning of a raid that he doesn't know where to go. Well, I I have an idea. I'm about halfway to where I want to be, but I keep. You know how whiteout conditions affect everything on Europa. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this part of the raid is try not to freeze to death while looking for a place in a whiteout condition. And yeah, I get about halfway there, and I take a wrong turn, and then I die. I'm like, ah, fuck. Wonderful. So that's how you make Chewy frustrated, everybody. Yeah, it's not really that hard. <laughs> All right, then. How about final thoughts? Hmm. Uh, Hannibal is good. 
Blood of Zeus is okay. We'll see what it does. Um, <laughs> it, like, I mean, it, it, okay, so Blood of Zeus, I am enjoying watching. Don't get me wrong. But I know I'm going to hate it, even though I'm enjoying watching it. Um, <laughs> just because it's obvious that they didn't put too much thought in what's going on. Um, but we'll see. Like I, like, I saw the one dude, and I was just like, I was just like, that better not be who I think it is. And then David confirmed <laughs> that exactly who I thought it was. And I was like, they didn't even try <laughs> to, to, to subvert expectations. They were just like, nope, that's who it is. Like, the moment you oh, hear... Yeah, guy. <laughs> yeah like, uh, God, God damn it. Um, yeah, Zeus is a big bitch. Um... But yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying myself watching it. It's I think what it is is it's one of those shows that's so bad it's entertaining. So I want to <laughs> see the train wreck. Like I, I want to follow this train wreck to its uh to its conclusion. I think that's oh, what's going it's, on. It, it's very much a train wreck. Oh God, is it such a train wreck? But it was a fun fun story to watch. Yeah. So, uh, but Hannibal is good. Um, I want to see where this goes as well. Like it, it's honestly really good. I hope it keeps up this quality. So I, I, I just want to know what they're going to do with this because they've already shown us Lecter. He, like he's there, he's in the thick of it. So now it's just, okay, how is this going to play out? So right. very interested in that. Um, uh, and uh, oh, also, uh, video game development. You don't need to go to college for it. You don't need a degree for it. What you need is know-how. Um, it is easier to go to college, so you understand, it, depending on what you want to do in the gaming industry. Like, if you want to do programming, go to college. Um, you hmm. can do Q&A, which is basically the test, which is basically, like, testing. Um, and that's in, yeah, that's just a... Uh, and that's an entry level position. You can just go and you you just apply for it, and you can get it like any other job. Um, you don't need a, but you want to have as much of a background in video games as you can, having played them, having knowledge about them, how they work, and the and as much knowledge about the industry as pos as you can get. Which is all stuff you can mm -hmm. self teach yourself. Um, if anyone knows right. who Maximilian Dude is, I remember him telling a story. Because he's he he has worked on video games, and I, he went to college for it, but he didn't get his degree at the time, um, and he was still hired on even without the degree. Though he had to go back and get it later, but they hired him on just because he still knew what he was doing. So they were like, "Yeah, you don't need a degree. Go ahead and do it." Um, so. But yeah, those are my final thoughts on that. Indeed. Uh, I too am interested in seeing where Hannibal goes. Especially like you said, since like first episode, we already know where he is, what he's doing. So just wondering how, how are, how are they going to drag three seasons out of this? But we shall see. And, uh, 
so you you mentioned uh, Q, QA testing. That mm. definitely is a gateway into the gaming industry. Uh, however, I have heard it's a very life and soul sucking way to get in. Yeah, but I've also heard <laughs> that it's not. It, I, I've heard that just about every way of getting into the industry is pretty life and soul sucking. Like there's no easy way in because it's it, it's honestly saturated for people and the gaming industry because a lot of its uh, management, like uh, better business management kind of stuff, isn't pinned down. Uh, the gaming industry businesses tend to do everything they can to take advantage of their employees. So hmm. it's it's rough all around no matter how you decide to get in. Um, even if you try, even if you go to college as a programmer and try to get a job as a programmer, you're gonna find that it's kind of a shit show. Like, be prepared, especially as a programmer, be prepared for for crunch. Like, probably day one. Like, because that's just what they do. Yeah. Like, you might get put in on a project that's already going, and you'll get thrown into a seat, and they'll be like, "Well, you're here for 15 hours today." Hmm. <laughs> Sounds like corrections. Like, There's a couch in the other office. Yeah. There's a couch in the other office if you want to take a nap. Get to much. our version of the salary man. Hmm. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So uh, please, listeners, if you like the show, Give us ratings on whatever podcast directory you're listening to. Um, I think I've found out that there's really no way since it's not distributed, since it's distributed through Anchor, I can't like go to Spotify and look it up because I tried and it doesn't like there. I haven't found a creator's access yet to get to our episodes to see if any of you have left us comments or anything, but you know, give us ratings Spread the word. Uh, one way you can contact us is our email, which is gamingsessions.podcast at gmail.com. We have the store now through Teespring. There's, I think, five or six items now. You, of course, like I said before, we've got the Ostrich Headbutts Hippo shirt, that, that lovely little joke that uh, Gerald made. We've got the Hi, I'm the Villain shirt. We've got the Gaming Sessions logo shirt. And now... We have masks, so if you want to stay safe and keep your six-foot distance, but also advertise for us, we've got the Hi, I'm the Villain mask and the Gaming Sessions logo mask. These, these both come as cloth around the ears masks or neck gaiters that you can just throw over your head. Uh, and also, don't Aha, forget to follow us on local. Cool. Uh, what did GS you find? He found the path to the next warming stone, probably. No, I finally found uh, the fucking box I've been looking for ever since I've been on this fucking podcast. Now, hmm. how the uh, fuck do I get back? Hunter, no. Very carefully, I assume. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, you know, follow us on locals. That way, we can build a you know a community. And I can give updates to everybody in one location. That's gspodcast.locals.com. And Gerald, go ahead and take us out. Okay. 
Everybody continue having a good day. Continue having a good week. Be safe out there. And we hope you're back with us next time. Later, everybody. Have a good one. All right, everybody. Welcome back to part two of this uh, two-part episode. And welcome back where everything is made up and the points don't matter. Oh, wait, that's whose line is it anyway? Man, I haven't watched that in a while. Might have to sit down and watch a couple, um, rewatch a couple of episodes. Wonder if it still holds up to the test of time. Well, they've got uh, Aisha Tyler in uh, Drew Carey's place now. Mm, which one is Aisha Tyler? She was the voice of Lana in Archer. Ah, okay. Yeah, she, yeah, she appears in some game shows too. Uh, she might have had. She had a, she had a part in the game. Um, oh, what the hell was it? I have it down here. I feel like we need an Archer video game, but it would probably have <laughs> to be by Telltale. Yeah, yeah, that that would work. Uh, Watchdogs in the first Watchdog, she had a ah. a part as herself, which was interesting. But yeah, so. Uh, Welcome to part two. This is where we talk about the reviews of the two new shows, and we'll talk about the main topic. Um, so which do you want to cover first? Because I went into Hannibal thinking it was something that it isn't, and it was that first episode was actually really good. Yeah, I thought it was really good, too. I wasn't sure what to expect. I was not expecting what I got, and what I got was actually really good. Yeah. Um, so which do you want to cover first? Zeus rape? Uh, Actually, there wasn't any Zeus rape in this episode. Yeah, we'll just uh, we'll we'll start with Blood of Zeus and we'll go down and then go to Hannibal. Um, okay. So yeah. the first of our two shows is Blood of Zeus. It's a eight episode anime that's on Netflix. I've yeah. already all eight episodes of it. It was good. Uh, Gerald, you said in, in the message, in our messaging uh, thing that you said this is going to be a, a show you love to hate. Uh, it seems like it's going to be a show that I'm, I'm going to love to hate because I know a lot about Greek mythology. Not as much as I used to. I've forgotten a good bit of it, but I remember mm-hmm. a lot of the core stuff. Um, and if there's one thing that it's not that it bothers me, but it's one of the things I always criticize is when they try to make the Olympian gods seem better than they actually are. Um, and especially when they talk about the war with the Titans, because if you read through a lot of the uh, the uh, old lore, like if you actually mm-hmm. find the old stories the Titans, while while they weren't perfect, the, the time of the Titans when they ruled was called the Golden Age because it was literally an age of like peace and prosperity. That's why it was called mm-hmm. the Golden Age. And then right. Zeus got his power boner, got all his <laughs> sisters and brothers out of Cronus's stomach and caused a war. And then the world became what it became under the, the, the rule of the Olympians, which is not the Golden Age. <laughs> um, so it's like the entire war with the Titans was outright, was one of pride. Like they weren't satisfied with their freedom. Um, 
it was absolutely out of pride. Like what Cronus did was wrong. Don't get me wrong. But if they had just killed Cronus and then went off to live, that would have been fine. But they didn't. They started an entire war so they could take control of the world. So and they screwed up the world in the process, which is why man had to be given fire by Prometheus, something that the Olympians didn't want to do, which is why Prometheus was chained to a rock as punishment and had an eagle eating his liver, which would regenerate every day for all of eternity. Like he gave fire as a gift to humans to help us. And that was something Mm -hmm. the Olympians literally did not want to do hmm. right <laughs> um there most of them are a bunch of assholes like <laughs> Air, like and that's the thing aries always gets a bad rap and he deserves it but no one tends to no one tends to come down on the rest of the olympians like they do aries aries is the punching bag and in comparison, everyone else is tolerable, but they're really not. A lot of them are just as bad, just in different ways. Um, um, side note: when when you because you mentioned Aries and uh, <clears throat> one of the the mythology podcast I follow actually covered Romulus and Romulus and Remus. I don't remember that story. Were those his child? Were those his sons? Yes. They were twin, okay, yeah. twin demigods, and of course, so this, in this case, this is where Ares pulled a Zeus. You know, couldn't keep it in his pants. Got a got a human woman pregnant. Well, the apple don't fall that far from the tree, I guess. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and and in similar fashion to how this blood of Zeus story goes, the the woman was queen of some Greek Greek nation or something and he got mm. her pregnant and she had to flee the kingdom with her two sons and they kind of just grew up in the no they were abandoned yeah they were abandoned and found by a, a she-wolf who then uh, treated them as part of her know family pack and they they were raised by the wolf until a shepherd found them and then the shepherd claimed them as his sons and then once they became adults that's when uh romulus went the path of founding rome and remus just kind of stayed being a shepherd that if if you're interested in that story the podcast is called Mythology by Parcast, and I think it was this week and last week episodes. It's Romulus and Remus, so continue. Yeah. Um, basically, the story is, and we if you haven't seen Blood of Zeus and you don't want to be spoiled, spoilers incoming. We, we always talk about the episodes in full. Um, I am just watching these episodes myself. Uh, I've only watched two. Dave is the only one who has gone through the entire season. And I swear to fucking God, if the fucking uh, main bad guy turns out to be uh, our hero's twin brother, I'm going to burn something. Um, hope you got some matches. God damn it. 
<laughs> like God, I knew it too. I could feel it happening. <laughs> I, I could just feel it happening. God. Uh, okay, so the reason I said this show is probably. Uh, and we already gave the disclaimer for spoilers, so if you're still here when we talked about that, that's on you. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, it was so obvious to, and and that's and, part of that's part of the whole Greek and Roman tragedy thing, anyways. So you kind of got to expect it. Uh, well, I know, and, and that's the, the okay. So let's start off with the things I like. I I like the overall look. I like the art style that they went through. Uh, mm-hmm. that they that I like the art style that they did for the show right. because it rem, it rem, it's very nostalgic for me because when I was a kid watching like mythological shows and stuff, that's kind of the art style they went with a lot of the time. If they did it, if the, if they did like a, a live animated thing, that was actually the art style they tended to use. So, and I've always liked that art style. Um, so I like that. Um, um, it's voice acted really well. Um, but everything else is just kind of, I, I think those are the only two things I can say that I really like about it because, well, I'm not far enough in it to say if I like this character, or if I like that character, I think Alexia is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's the only person whose name I even remember outside of the gods, because of course I know the gods names. Um, yeah. I don't even remember Zeus's son's name. He's the main character. I can't even remember his name. To, um, to be fair, I didn't remember it until I watched the first episode again. His name yeah. is Heron. It's a what? Heron. Heron. Okay. Like so, with an N at the end. <laughs> okay. So let's just okay. So we'll we'll just start from the uh, we'll just start from the beginning, and I might be jumping around a little bit. I'll try not to. But basically, what happens is they tell us the story of the, basically the gods' war with the Titans, and the gods win, and the very last Titan that they slew cursed them, and his blood, and they killed him in the ocean. And when his blood met the ocean, it created the giants. Now, first off. If I'm remembering my mythology right, and I think I am on this one, the giants have actually nothing to do with the Titans. The original mythology of the gods is that Saturn and Gaia, they're they're like, I think they're called the Chthonic gods, but but think of them like the primal gods. They're the ones that gave birth to all the other ones. So Saturn and Gaia um had uh children they're called the hundred handers they were all covered in fur they have multiple eyes and multiple hands and saturn thought they were so ugly uh he locked them deep within the bowels of the earth gaia (laughs) pleaded to him to free her children because she loved her children she wanted them to be free saturn wouldn't allow it so she gave birth to the titans and she raised cronus in secret and gave him a, a magically enchanted sickle so that he could kill, so he could basically castrate his father, which is what Cronus did. He castrated Saturn and basically took control of the world. And part of that bargain was that um, he would release the Hundred Handers so that they could roam the Earth freely. He reneged on that deal, hmm. and Gaia got pissed. 
So she gave birth to the gods. But Cronus had been given a prophecy that as he did to his father, his son would also do to him. Mm-hmm. So, oh, sorry, Gaia didn't have the gods. The Titans gave birth to the gods. But he was given a prophecy stating that as was de- as he did to his father Saturn, uh, his son would do to him. So what he did is he every child that was born, he would take and swallow. And Zeus is actually the youngest of the gods because he was born when he was born. Um, Gaia had his mother substitute a stone for him. And Cronus, not really paying attention or apparently giving a crap, just took the stone, swallowed it, and that was the end of that. And Hmm. then had Zeus secretly raised to adulthood. Mm -hmm. And she, and you know, he was told what Cronus was doing with his brothers and sisters. He was literally raised to defeat Cronus. Um, And she had the hundred handers create the trident, the helmet of invisibility, and the thunderbolt, the uh, lightning bolt. The lightning bolt was given to Zeus, of course, the trident to Poseidon, of course, and the uh, invisible helmet was given to Hades. Um, This was after they all got out. But basically what ended up happening is Zeus... um, I don't know if they poisoned Cronus or if he cut Cronus's stomach open. I forget which. We cut it open? Okay. No, so he cut. I think they drugged him, then cut his stomach open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it was both. They, they drugged him, and then they cut Cronus's stomach open to release all the other gods who hadn't died. They just matured and, growed and grew to adulthood inside his stomach. Once they were all released, they went to war with the Titans, and that's when Zeus uh, was given the lightning bolt, Poseidon the trident, and Hades the uh, helmet of invisibility. And then they, of course, defeated the Titans, killing Cronus, killing most of the Titans, and banishing the other ones to Tartarus, where they were locked away to stay for eternity. And then Gaia was like, hey, I raised you, I helped you, released, you know, released my first children. And Zeus also reneged on that deal. <laughs> and so, so Gaia got so pissed off, she actually bred with Tartarus itself, which is this huge, bottomless, dark pit. She mated with Tartarus and gave birth to the giants. And the giants were these half-giant, half-dragons. So they'd have like the upper part that would be giant and their lower part would be scaly and clawed and dragon-like. Um, and the giants were apparently even more powerful than the, were supposed to be more even more powerful than the titans. Um, she also gave birth to, uh, she also gave birth to Typhon, which was the most powerful monster to have ever been born. And he was so powerful and scary that all the guys literally ran away from Greece when he showed up. Uh, (laughs) So when they're telling this story and they're telling it where the gods are being all heroic and then they get cursed by the giants whom they then are able to get two of the giants. Like the curse was literally meant to be the giant's sole purpose was to destroy the the Olympians. But then the Olympians were able to, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They were able to 
let me jump in here for you. So Zeus went to the two of the giants and pleaded with them to help him end the fighting. And that's how the, how the story was told. That's how reason and compassion were born or something like that. So continue. Yeah. Which didn't make any sense to me because if their sole purpose for being was to do this, why would they all of a sudden go, yeah, we'll betray all of our brothers and sisters and uh, stop this. And it, And and especially when you realize, especially later on in the story, when they talk about, so basically they de- two of the giants defected to the Olympians. They defeated the rest of the giants, and the giants' souls were pulled out of their bodies and put into a jar where they were trapped, where they're supposed to be trapped forever. Oh, one other thing I liked, they used Talos, and they used him as the guardian of the jar. I liked that. Yeah. Um, I always thought Talos was a pretty good thing from Greek mythology, and it's nice that they used him in a good way, actually. Um, so they did that, and then they had, and then Poseidon used the ocean to pull all of the giants' bodies out to sea, where they were supposed to stay forever. God forbid you put them in an actual secure place, because <laughs> lo and behold, one of them just washes up on shore for some odd fucking reason. <laughs> and then a human comes across the body and this is why I say it feels it doesn't make any sense that two of the giants defected because when the human came across the giant's body just seeing the body corrupted him and then he drank and ate from the titan's body which turned them into what humans are calling demons and our story then goes into Alexia who is a uh a warrior from she wasn't from Athens was she from uh they they don't say in the first episode they okay they don't say yeah, um but, but she's a like, it looks like she's a centurion cuz she's got she's got the dual red feathered um ridges on her helmet whereas yeah like, i was thinking she was from sparta yeah, yeah i was thinking she was from sparta uh but in any case, Alexi is leading a small war band, and they're chasing two of the demons. Now, then they introduce Heron, and the whole town apparently looks down on him and his mom for some reason. They never give a reason as to why the town hates her. You'll find um, out. Or him. You'll uh, find well, out. Well, <laughs> I watched episode one and two. I, I watched episodes one and two. So I know who she is. I know who Heron is. Um, but they never, they, I guess, I assume they explain it somewhere in episode, between episode three and eight then? Because they still yeah. don't explain it in episode two either. Okay. Okay. Well, have you, all right. So spoilers uh, for anyone else. Have you, have you seen where Zeus took the form of a husband and brought flowers? Yeah, that's in episode two. Yeah, I know all about Her- uh, about Heron's birth. Okay, it might be in episode three then, because it it is explained why the townspeople hate them, and also why kind of what happens later in this episode, and then later in the episode where the townsfolk are trying to flee. Yeah. It does get explained. Um, so don't worry. Okay. Okay. Um. But uh. 
So I, I understand part of the explanation, but it's still, I don't know how much they dislike her still doesn't make any sense. It, like the level of animosity doesn't make any sense, but I guess maybe it'll, once I get the full explanation, it'll make, it'll make more sense. So I'll, I'll put that aside for now. But we go to Heron. He's working in the mines. He's trying to sell some ore. The guy is uh, swindling him out of his work, not paying him the amount he should be paying him for the work he's doing. Um, mm -hmm. But basically, this is all to get us to him fighting one of the demons. They come to the town, and he gets into a fight with one of the demons. And we see in one of the conflicts when Alexia is chasing them, their bodies are almost metallic like m almost made of metal you can't uh swords just bounce off of them or don't leave wounds or scratches unless they're coated with like a special metal like her so she has one sword that looks like it's completely made out of gold and then she has mm -hmm. a second sword which is edged in this gold material and she had a spear that also had a golden tip and that seems that will cut them and pierce them. But that seems to be the only thing. Anything else just bounces off their skin. So he's fighting with Heron. He's beating the crap out of Heron, but Heron finally like kicks him off of him and throws him away so hard he goes through one of the pillars. So mm -hmm. and so automatically I'm like, oh, son of Zeus. Uh, or 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 a demigod of some kind, maybe not Zeus's, but a demigod. But since the, since the show is named the Blood of Zeus, and this dude just mm -hmm. kicks someone through a marble pillar, I'm like, okay, son of Zeus. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> the demon grabs part of the marble pillar and throws it on the Heron, and it doesn't even leave a scratch on him. He just pushes it off of him with a little bit of effort. And doesn't think anything of it. He doesn't even question how he just survived being crushed by a marble pillar. <laughs> but he basically, he's, uh, he goes back to fighting with the demon and Alexia shows up. And the demons have like two forms. They can look like normal people and then they take a more demonic, monstrous looking form. To be fair, this entire show really makes me think of Castlevania when I'm watching it. And the demons just seem like vampires. Especially yeah, when you that. Yeah, especially when they talk about how they're a cult and they drink the blood of uh they drink the blood from the body of the Titans and eat its flesh. It's like they just they feel it's a very Castlevania feel to me. I don't I don't know why. Um but he basically the demon basically takes his human form to slip to get past them. But she catches him anyway, and then they end up uh, killing him. Mm -hmm. um, then we uh, we get to a part where Alexia is like complimenting Heron on how well he fought, and to come with her because they could use him, uh, and they could use someone of his skill and strength to be able to defeat the demons and whatnot. And he's like, "Well, this town has just been horrible to me and my mother. Why would I fight for them?" And he's like, "Not my problem." Goes off on his own. And then he runs into an old man that falls into a little, like, uh, I think a water ditch. Yeah, um, yeah, and he, like, broke his leg. So he's, like, helping him. And apparently this is a guy who's been around for a while, um, and they've been helping each other out and stuff like that. Um, Spoiler coming. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> so 
they do that, and then we, I'm not sure if it's at the end of the first episode, but there's the part where the second demon that they didn't catch shows up with uh, a bunch of other demons to surround Alexia's camp um, so that they can get a map from her that was on the other demon that she took from him. Yeah, that's the second episode. That's the second episode? It it doesn't really matter, but that happens. Um, And then, so you uh let's see how did the i'm trying to remember what uh how the first episode ended i think it might have ended around there after the old man and the oh no the old man is then telling heron uh about what happened with the gods the titans and the giants and heron asks the old man why would the gods allow the humans to become demons and stuff like that. And this motherfucker had the <laughs> gall to tell Heron that, well, humans have to, you know, humans have to be able to clean up their own messes. And I'm sitting here like, what? What? <laughs> what? This is literally your mess, you assholes! Like, you're the motherfuckers that allowed a giant's body to wash up on shore. And even by your own admittance, you said the moment that human saw the body, he was corrupted. Through he, It was literally completely out of his control the moment he saw the body. So it was the god's job to keep those bodies in the sea and locked away. But you're going to sit here and be like, well, we don't do anything because you guys have to fight your own battles. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. The Greek gods in a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen, that's the Greek gods in a nutshell. They do some shit, make the situation worse, and then go, oh, well, the humans can handle it. They got to understand on their own two feet at some point in time. It's like, but you motherfuckers caused the problem, though. You caused the problem. (laughs) Well, what, what what was it? What was it that I think it was you said it when we did our episode on Greek mythology? Ninety percent of all the Greek problems were because uh, Zeus couldn't keep I don't it in remember. his pants. Oh yeah, because Zeus couldn't keep it in his pants. Yeah, no, <laughs> dude, I wouldn't be surprised if we find out that the. I wouldn't even be surprised if somewhere in episode six or seven we find out that Zeus was fucking one of the Titans' like wives, and that's why the war started. Oh, it's wouldn't not even be surprised. Even, it's not even that. <laughs> it's not even that. <laughs> oh, you're gonna be so. Mad. Uh, that's why i say this is gonna be a show i love to hate because i'm actually enjoying watching it but man i hate it (laughs) i hate it so much oh oh, hey chewy what's up man so so let me let me uh let me help fill in some of the gaps for you so um we don't actually what's that yeah we're talking about blood of zeus so we we find out the backstory through i think his name is elias the old man and this the first episode ends with elias telling heron climb up that mountain you'll find a rose bush that doesn't look like any of the others under that you'll find the adamantine ore to make the sword that you need 
Oh, that's right. And pardon the uh, interruption, but <laughs> holy shit, I wish I could get an adamantine sword in the beginning of my D and D adventure. Uh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> just, just wait. Yeah, just, just oh wait. yeah, he, he's real dumb. <laughs> you oh, okay? So spoilers. Uh, you 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 think you'd like to have that adamantine sword at the beginning of your adventure, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Guess who doesn't have it? throughout almost the entire fucking adventure. Because he's an idiot. He throws it the fuck away. It went from a a European Greece story to Celtic in about two seconds when he throws it out the fucking window and it lands on a rock. Yes. Sword in the stone. I I saw that and I was like, are we really going to do King Arthur? Are we really going to do the sword in the stone here? Seriously. So, and then, (laughs) and then also right towards the end of episode one, uh, we, Elias is standing there while Heron's climbing up the mountain and behind him, you see this giant dude with a war hammer and the fancy helmet. He jumps down and starts saying, I thought you said we couldn't help them. And then a flash of lightning and Elias becomes Zeus. Yeah. And then Zeus is, and Zeus is like, Oh, I'm not helping him or no. How do you say it? It's not that we we can't act directly for them. I'm just helping him. I'm just telling him where the stuff is. It's his. It, it's the kind of the fucked up Christian idea of free will. I God <laughs> cannot control everything which is upon you and interact in your life directly, but I shall point you in a generalized I direction. Only with- and maybe you'll go do that shit, and maybe yeah. not. Okay, have fun. Don't murder everyone in the process. Yeah, I mean, I can. Yeah, I can give him the manual, but he has to choose to yeah, read yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> I am an all-powerful, almighty <laughs> DD that really couldn't fucking be bothered. Uh, yeah. Just mm. FYI, I will be more corrosive than usual today because I'm in a shit-tastic move. Ah, I gotcha. Well. I was in a shit-tastic mood the other day when Chewie joined me on Xbox. So. How did your controller survive? I feel you there. Oh, it's it's still here. I'm I'm another couple left shoulder button fuck ups away from throwing it. But well, I do think you should start uh, an only uh, a OnlyFans page when just so you could like you know, get paid for covering yourself in soy sauce when you beat your hand on the desk when you were pissed at the controller. It's great. It's like dark milk bukkake. I really wish I had a picture. Well, okay, so <laughs> contact. Uh, we were, it was, it was Chewy and I doing the nightfall, and it's the inverted spire. And Chewie wanted to do it at, hey, let's do something stupid level where I'm getting insta-killed left and right. And it's like the hundredth time I got insta-killed. But we were making progress. And I we just, were making progress and we were getting your quest done. We were helping. We was moving. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. And then one of the times I got killed, I just started pounding my fist on the TV stand. <laughs> and the little glass bottle of soy sauce that I had there because I put some on my potatoes just fell off. And broke open, broke open, and splashed on my leg, and I was like, "God damn it, fucking!" Blah. I'm covered in soy sauce. The Kukiko man has spermed upon me. 
something mm. like that. Aww. But yeah, but yeah, I really think you could make some extra money <laughs> on the side with like an Only OnlyFans page, but specifically in large white man covered in soy sauce. Oh no! There's a huge <laughs> bottle of soy sauce there. I hope I covered don't get in covered in it. Wink, wink. <laughs> or what's, you do a POV of the bottle as you kind of like shake it all over your face. Oh, it's in my eye! It burns. <laughs> yeah, it's an OnlyFans, but it's just me covering myself in soy sauce. I'm sure there's some kind of kink for I'm that. I'm sure you'll make cash, man. Go for uh, it. I believe in you. Yeah. But anyways, so mutant power—you have nigh unlimited cosmic power, but only while you're covered in soy sauce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of, we haven't done one of the Would You Rather's recently. Run, because they're Gerald, not run, good. Run. <laughs> no, I'm not going to run. I'm going to state my run. opinion, and if we have to go to war on this, I'm going to win. <laughs> All right, so that's episode one of Blood of Zeus. So let's go on to Hannibal. Uh, What's everybody's well, opinion? I know. Are we not going to cover both episodes? I thought we were supposed to do. I thought we were only doing one episode of Hannibal, but I thought we were doing both episodes of uh, Blood of Zeus. Spreading the content. <laughs> spreading the content. That's not really spreading the content, but okay. Well, that's I, fine. I do have we'll a question about, about so on the, the cartoon before you move. What was y'all's mm-hmm. impression of the art style? Oh, Jared, I like it. really liked it. Um, no. Yeah, one thing um, that I wanted to mention was, like, the, the detail they put into Alexia's eyes, like the, the hazel, you know, fading into, like, yellow in the middle was really, really cool. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of Castlevania's artwork as well. Um, but I liked it because I, I like it because I'm used to that artwork from when I was younger and I would watch like uh, uh, mythological shows that would do animation and they would usually do it in this type of animation. I really enjoyed the art style of the backgrounds. The, the, the backgrounds I thought were amazingly well done, thought out very artistically pleasing the character models were nice but it's one of those things and i've noticed they do this a lot with shit that comes through netflix and i know they've also do it in the mainstream anime houses is they spend all their fucking budget on the backdrops the map paintings the ambiance of the fucking show and then when it comes down to animations on some of the character models, it's just janky as shit. Yeah, I noticed that too. Like the animation suffers in a lot of things. I was talking earlier about his fight with the demon in the beginning of the janky episode, and it was jank as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, granted, it's not fucking berserk level of stupid. Don't get me wrong. That's what I wanted to torture y'all with. That's one y'all need to watch. If you haven't seen it, the new adaptation I, of Berserk. That's what I, I want to torture. I tried to watch this. it. I love that fucking show. <clears throat> I love the old animated Berserk. I even like the three movies they made of the Golden Age arc. But the three movies, it's completely CG film or animation, is 
above and beyond what the fuck they did with that. And in the the sound design sucks in that too, but you you take something that is so atmospherically dense like Berserk and then you put the character models in this if you can't spend the money, don't do it. Is my opinion. Hmm. Well, I like to say if you don't have a big enough budget, do the important things. Your story, your plot, if you're going to be doing a lot of action, your animation is more important than the way the rest of it looks. And then you need to make it look decent. It doesn't have to be phenomenal. Like you said, it's very obvious they put a lot into the art style and the artistry of the world, which made everything else suffer. I would have been okay with it looking decent Mm -hmm. not great but not terrible just decent and then had a better story and had better animations oh and just to offer up something for y'all to watch and review later i don't know if y'all have seen it or not but it is on netflix um violet evergarden yeah i've watched that it's a it's a it's a good little slice of life story it's gorgeous. Oh, Gerald, tell him. Tell him. Oh, tell yeah, him, it's really uh, pretty. Tell him how I got you earlier when you were saying that one thing about the thing. The thing about a thing? You're going to have to. We talk about a lot of things about things. You're going to have to be more specific Contents. than that. God. <laughs> well, remember when I said, I hope you have matches. Oh, yeah. I figured out. I. I immediately watching the first two episodes figured out exactly who the villain was. It's always Hera. And his connection to Heron. No, it's not. No, no, no. The the leader of the demons, the leader of the cult, that's who I figured oh, out who that okay. was. Yeah, Chewie, sure. sure. I'm, I'm waiting for Gerald to get to that one, too. I want to hear his, his reaction to that one. I'm not surprised. Hera has been a, Hera is always a problem. Uh, I, I literally not the problem. It's Zeus I, not being so able to this is a bit of a spoiler. That's why Hera has always wanted to hang well, up by him. The problem is two pronged, and I was actually talking to uh, Squid about this, and I went on kind of a weird rant because I was like, uh, when Heron, and this is a bit of a spoiler for episode two. But when Heron fucking calls Zeus a coward, I'm like, he is a coward because he's more than man enough to stick his dick in another man's wife. But when it comes to standing up to his wife and doing the right thing, he's a little fucking bitch. And I'm (laughs) I'm so fucking tired of both in stories and in real life. Men who are bitches when it comes to their wives, like they like have some goddamn self-respect and some goddamn dignity and stop fucking being a little bitch in front of your wife when you know you need to do the right well, thing. Like it's so fucking annoying. Well, speaking for all little bitches <laughs> in front of their wife, because, you know, she has the pussy. <laughs> Unfortunately, I mm. fall into that camp. <sighs> All right, all right, no, so. I, uh, uh, <laughs> dude, I understand it, but it doesn't make it any. It is still just oh, terrible. But in, in any in any case, but yeah, Heron's absolutely right. Zeus is a fucking coward, and he's a bitch. It's like it's like, dude, either stop dicking, either either put your penis in Hera, 
or stand up to her. One, or get a fucking divorce. Well, one or the other. She's your sister well, anyway. I, you goddamn hard. Well, one thing I do like about this, which right, is so, a kind of a... I can't remember in the first two episodes or not, because it's been so long since I watched the show. Have they done the telling of the, the Titans yet? Yeah. It was, was in the first episode. The... The the dynamics between Hera and Zeus in the Titan fight. Yeah, yeah. like he oh. was he was flirting, and then he mm-hmm. you know oh. got married, and then they had Aries. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to right. mention about the giants, the, and, the and thing of course, with, the of thing course, with him and Hera, I don't think there was ever a connection. And the reason why he sticks his dick and everything else is because it was just a militaristic political joining of forces Dang. to overcome the Titans. And that's why he's always had the problem with each other. Oh, well, then that must... I'm really overthinking it one or the other. I assume that's something <laughs> that we – well, I'm assuming that's something we find out later in the show. Well, I Maybe. know there's an episode where sure. they key into um, it. All I know is from the – yeah, yeah. but even if that's the case, then if you don't have an understanding of, hey, this is just a political marriage, we're still going to go around and fuck who we want to fuck. If she's like, well, no, because first off, there is no such thing as a political marriage with Hera. She's literally the goddess of yeah, marriage. She was over. <laughs> There's no such thing. Yeah, she's the goddess of marriage, which her going into hate build jealousy murder sprees because her husband is cheating on her kind of falls within the realm of kind of what she does so <laughs> you know zeus stop being a wow. dumb fuck you she is the most useless <laughs> god in the planet i am the i am the deity of marriage and conjoining in power through togetherness but i can't keep my own fucking husband in line at the well, house marriage he is, gives no shits for me marriage is only- <laughs> Marriage well, that's the thing, thing, though. She does keep him in line because when it comes to her, he's a bitch. What he's doing is he's sneaking out behind her back, which is why, uh, spoiler for the second episode again, Apollo takes his place so she doesn't realize he was the one down there dicking down uh, the king's wife. He sneaks out without her knowledge. She suspects because, of course, she does. <laughs> right. But yeah, she she's also the goddess of a couple of other things, but the only one I can remember is that no, she yeah, she's the goddess of marriage. Marriage, wisdom, something something, yeah. Which she doesn't really use wisdom a whole lot. She's well, more that's Athena shtick mostly. Yeah. She's more like that what how did you put it a couple podcasts ago, the goddess of uh, being a um, bitch? Yeah. Yeah, one. she's the, she she's absolutely the goddess of being a big bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, her but, her bitchiness is legendary. Another thing that I forgot to add, um, and I'm and I'm sure you were waiting for it. Couple of them giants, I would have liked to have fun with. I don't know. I don't know. I think they could use you as a dildo and still be wanting for more because they're huge. Um. Well, there was the giant with four titties, 
and then the the six-legged crawling giant with saggy titties like big old double d titties just yeah. kind of flopping around in the water yeah anyways, i still prefer the god so, hands female avatar to those from berserk because she was designed a better she was grotesquely beautiful to look at hmm so let us uh, now, Yay. since Chewie's derailed us, go on to Hannibal. And like I'd said, this was not what I had expected. Are you talking about the and Hannibal like TV it. show that got canceled that was on ABC for a minute? The one I with assume. Matt Mickelson. It's an yeah, older show, yeah. Hannibal before he's caught and all that shit, manipulating like the FBI and whatnot. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how he keeps this manipulation going for three seasons because that's how many seasons there, there are on Netflix. I never watched it. I really appreciate but, uh, the actor who's in it as the lead, but I never got around to watching it. It's interesting. Yeah, so far it's actually pretty good. So that is Hannibal, yeah. the, the psychologist. Dr. Yeah. Lecter or Dr. Lieber. Okay. It's, his name is Hannibal Lecter. Lecter, L-E-C-T-O-R or E-R. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's Hannibal. That's Anthony Hopkins' character as younger. Gotcha. But yeah, it's so far I have been thoroughly engaged. Um like I had to, I had to keep myself from watching the second episode because I wanted to watch the See, this is why I don't review episode. shows with y'all because yeah. I can't just watch one episode. I sit down and I watch the whole fucking thing. That's why I'm really pissed off at I, the Mandalorian because it's thirty minutes and it's off. You motherfuckers! Netflix has spoiled mm-hmm. me to the point I can never watch episodic television again. Chewy, Chewy, spreading the content. <laughs> Spread Fuck episodic television. Give it to me in one chunk. <laughs> okay. One so, chunk. One chunk. Uh, so I'll I'll start off. So the uh I'm assuming oh no, so this was this was a I guess a case that this uh profiler investigator had done before. So the, it starts out at a crime scene, you know, nice suburban home. You see a pile, a puddle of blood coming from like where the staircase is. Lady dead on the floor, blood all over her arm, arm, shirt, and floor. And the the investigator is standing in the middle of it all. There's cops everywhere. He takes a deep breath, closes his eyes, and then you see like this pendulum of light swing in his, you know, closed eye vision. Opens his eyes again. Pendulum swings one way. Half the cops disappear. Pendulum swings the other way. Now it's just him alone in the in the house. So I assumed at this point this is his method of determining how things had happened. And sure enough, you know he starts walking backwards from the house down the down the the sidewalk to the street. Pendulum swings again, and all the police are gone. And it's basically what it, you know, right before what happened, happened to the wall. Yeah. uh, (laughs) 
I think he is described as a, he has over empathy. I forget the exact wording they were saying that it was, but the main character has the ability to see. Highly highly empathetic. And he has Asperger's and borderline narcissism. God damn those Asperger's (laughs) borderline narcissism. Everybody but, uh, has autism <laughs> nowadays. Everybody got autism nowadays. Um, but anyway, uh, so the, uh, and basically what that means is that he has the ability to literally put himself in the perspective of uh, of the person he like he he's trying to con- like it, like a person he's talking to or a person he's trying to psychoanalyze because he's a psychoanalyzer as well. And he can put himself, basically almost assume the exact same thought patterns as the person he is trying to empathize with. So he goes through the episode making, um, there's a point in time when he's talking to the guy that hired him. I'm forgetting names right now. But he's talking to his uh, superior. The senior or the special investigator from the FBI. Yeah, and he's talking about how a lot of people don't really like uh, working with him or how he uh, they stopped working with him because he has a way of coming up with a bunch of uh, like out of the nowhere answers, like answers you could only know if you were the killer. So implying that it freaked people out. Um, He's also really bad. Like he has really bad, like anxiety when it comes to dealing with people. It doesn't like to. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's a thing that uh, Lecter said where uh, they were talking and uh, he was talking about how uh, the uh, uh, the guy's superior officer, the FBI agent, thought he was uh, a fragile little kitten, I think. And he asked Lecter, like, what do you think I am? And Lecter's like, I think you're the mongoose I want under the house when the snakes slither by. And then they have, like, this kind of quiet moment. Now, the entire time this is happening, he is feeding him human flesh. (laughs) He's feeding him lung pieces. Yeah, that he cooked and mixed up in a breakfast egg dish, and engaged. of course the the main character doesn't know this, and he he's eating it. He's like, "Oh, this is delicious!" And he's like, "There's like, oh, I'm glad you like it." <laughs> I'm like, "Ah, oh. I'm just like, oh, oh." <laughs> so the so the case that and the character the Asperger's character's name is Graham. I forget what Lawrence Fishburne's character's name is, so I'm just going to call him Lawrence or Larry. So, yeah, he's the special agent in charge. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I I remember seeing him and going, "Oh, that's pretty cool." It's like hadn't seen him in a while. Yeah, so he, so Larry brings him in on this case of a serial killer who's targeting like the certain. You know, same hair color, eye color, body type, this, this, and this. And there's, I think there were seven kills already. And they're investigating this eighth kill. And uh, let's see. So, um, so they show up to the house where uh, 
the eighth girl who was a college student. She was supposed to house sit for the parents, you know, and feed the cat, but she never showed up. So he's he's there, and uh, wait a minute. Well, he's there while they're questioning the parents, and yeah. they're going over how I, I, I'll pick up, and they're going they're going over how um, because one of the questions he asked the parents was, "How was the cat when you came back? Like it it been a while. It hadn't eaten. How was it?" And the father was like, "I didn't even notice." Um, hmm. He was like, "Okay, so some," and so he pulls the FBI agent uh, Lawrence Fitchburn over, and he's talking to him. He's like, "Someone fed the cat." So she wasn't abducted before she actually got here. She was abducted from here. And he's like, and Lawrence Fishburne is like, oh, then, which makes this a crime scene. Right. Um, and so he, they tell them that they're unfortunately going to have to leave the house because it's now a crime scene. And the father's like, well, well why is it a crime scene now? He's like, well, we're pretty sure that she was abducted from here. Um, and then the main character, you said Crawford? As uh, Graham. Graham, Graham. Yeah. Uh, the main character, Graham, starts searching the house and the father goes with him. Um, and they go up to the daughter's room and he's about to open the door and he's telling the dad, don't, uh, like, do you not touch, anything, touch your anything. hands in your pocket. You know, hold right. the cat if you do because the cat's there kind of pawing right. at the door. And that. the way the dad's acting... I wrote down. It seemed like he was very sus at that at that moment. <laughs> no, I mean, they were both acting. I assume within parameters because we're seeing them after everything after the tragedy has like happened. Like it's been a couple of days. That's why one of the things they asked was, "Is there any way to know if she is still alive or not?" Um, yeah. So yeah, and they're kind of frantic. So I, I kind of expected them to be acting that way. Um, I don't know. It wasn't it. It it maybe it should have been, but it was not suspect to me. Um, uh, but when I saw the cat at the door trying to get in, I was like, oh. And then he opens the door, and there's their daughter still laying in the bed. He has to stop the father from going over there because it's obvious she's dead. Right. Um, and so uh, they they uh, they introduce another character who is a forensics analyst, and she starts talking to Graham. And then we go over how he's not really good with people and doesn't like talking to them. There's a lot of really good character interaction. Um, yeah, and I, even I don't know. Down, I even wrote down when she was uh, introduced. I was like, wow, Asian character is kind of a dick because she's she's just like, oh, have you, she's like um, not hammering, but she's like leaning on him, trying to, you know, like saying all this. Like, have you ever seen a dead body? This, this. And I'm just like, dude, shut the fuck up. Let the guy do his job. Yeah, she's like trying to talk. Like, he's literally telling her I don't do well with people. And all that did was make her talk to him more. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. Like, and she apparently also knew who he was. Like, she, it's not like she didn't know who he was. Apparently, she knows exactly who he is um, and probably exactly some of his issues. And she just didn't seem to care. So it was like, mm, yeah, kind of a dick. Um, yeah. 
but she's the one who finds the piece of metal on the girl's clothing, which they then trace to uh, a pipe, uh, a pipe threading machine on construction sites. And they narrow the construction sites down to the type of material of the metal. Um, and then they narrow it down even further with uh, uh, Lichter's help, uh, Lecter's help. Um, and they get to the uh, they get to the site and find the name of the guy who they are suspecting. Now, before then, another girl shows up and her lungs have been removed, and she's just like been stuck on the head uh, on the uh, head of a of a a, a, deer, a deer. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um. And then as they're going over the crime scene and Graham is going, no, this isn't the same guy. And they're like, do we have a copycat? And he's like, no, I don't know who this is, but this isn't the guy. He, he wouldn't do this. This, 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 whoever thought, whoever did this fucking skewered her like a pig. And as he's explaining, we keep going to flashes of uh, Lecter, like mm-hmm. fr- literally folding out lungs and then cutting them up into pieces and uh, cooking them and then like basically making the breakfast that he then feeds to Graham later in the episode. <laughs> uh, and, and even, even before that, uh, we find out the girl who was taken back, she was also hung on deer antlers. Her liver was removed, but it was put back. And it's Graham who's thinking this because all he, he then posits that all the other girls had had their livers removed, but hers was put back. And one of the uh, autopsy people, or it might have been the Asian girl, said that she had liver cancer. And then that's when we yeah. get to the first time we see Lecter eating a liver with fava yeah. and a nice Chianti. With the fava beans and the Chianti. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So there was that. And then with a little more character development for Graham, we see him leaving the crime scene. And there's like a, a stray dog that's got a rope tied around its neck. He tries to chase it down. Then he stops, parks his station wagon, and gets the dog to come to him by giving him like food or, or whatever. And then we cut to him back at his house, washing the dog, you know, toweling him off. Then the dog's in the cage. I forget what he named the dog, but he's like, everybody, this is the dog. Dog, this is everybody. And he's got like six or seven dogs. I I assume he's rescued, you know, over months or years. Yeah, I was I was watching that entire thing play out. And I was like, Graham, you have a problem. (laughs) well but then then again if he's someone on the spectrum and doesn't like talking to people or being talked to what better companion than a dog Eh, i guess that's true but he has he has multiple dogs he's like the dog guy like the cat like you have the cat lady he's the dog guy yeah, there's like six or seven of them. Yeah. And uh, so so there was that bit of character development. And then he has a dream, I guess, where he's reliving something involving the case. He gets up, throws a towel down, 
my first thought was, wait, did he just wet the bed? But then he puts another towel over him. He's taken like all but his underpants off. It's like, oh, night sweats. Mm. Yeah. So then, so there's that that happens. Then he goes to, and this is, this is even before finding out the liver eating. Like he's back at the, at the FBI building. Oh, and Larry, and Larry comes into the, <laughs> comes into the bathroom and he's, he's not happy. So he confronts yeah. Graham and then another guy walks in and Larry's like, uh, hold on, quick liquor. question. Hold, quick question. I still don't understand why he seemed to be so mad at Graham. Damn it. Because uh, because Graham is known, as you said, for being able to put himself in in the shoes, figure out things that only the killer would know. And so far, until that point, he hadn't done that yet. That's why he's mad. Okay. But there's also another character introduced, a lady from the same university that Graham teaches at, and she yeah. talks about not letting him go too far under. Because yeah. what, I, what I'm under, understanding is the implication is that he can go so into a person's personality that he becomes the person, which is why he seems to have so many issues. Yeah. Which, um, so he's which happens later in this episode. <laughs> yeah, kinda. On on crack and steroids and meth and speed and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But there and even and even something about that and and it and it happens at the end of the episode where she where he he goes to her saying, you know, I'm gonna need you know she says don't let him go that far and, and he's like, Well, you know, I'm gonna need your help with that. And the bitch never fucking helped him. I think she no no I think she did but it was uh, no he was saying that if uh he's like I'm he's like I'm not gonna let him go too deep and she like looks at him and he's like I'm gonna okay. do the best I can not to let him go too deep but if he does I need you to bring him back and she's like okay yeah but I I never saw her do anything after that until the end of the episode I don't think there was anything for her to do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but it seemed like she really didn't do anything and then at the end of the episode when she was like I thought you weren't going to let him go too deep. And I'm like, "Bitch, what the fuck did you do to help?" <laughs> well, I think she also didn't know what was going on. It's hard for me to blame her because I don't think she even knew what was going on. Like they didn't yeah. bring her in or consult her about anything really. So, uh, yeah, it's hard for me to uh Uh, yeah. It's hard for me to blame her about anything because oh, he just kind of, yeah, the FBI guy just kind of shows up and then she finds out what's going on, but they don't bring her in on anything because, because when he goes back to see her, she's teaching Graham's class. And one of the things she told him is don't let him get too deep. Don't let him near it. And he, and he stay, he's telling her, I won't, I won't, I won't. And then the next time he goes to see her, she's teaching Graham's class because he didn't show up to teach it. Yeah. Uh, so, so it, oh, sorry. Good. 
Oh, no. I was saying it's a lot of it, it, it's a lot of psych stuff. It is a oh, lot, yeah. a lot, a lot of mental psychological. It, it's a psychological thriller. It is definitely okay. a psychological thriller. Definitely. Now, uh, I should also clarify: up until this point, we haven't even seen Animal yet. But once, uh, once Graham figures out that this killer is eating the girl's livers. That's when we see Hannibal in his role as a, as a psychiatrist or psychologist. Cause he's talking with a dude, I think panic disorder or something. Uh, yeah. Uh, an anxiety disorder. Like he's always like, he's always like revved with adrenaline. Apparently like he's always in that fight or flight, uh, state. Yeah. And I was, uh, Dane cook, Chuck, the uh, the plastic surgeon. Mm, was he one of the other? No, the plastic surgeon. Yeah, the the boob job guy. The guy I... playing the guy playing Hannibal's patient was the same guy who played. Oh, from Nip Tuck. No, from Good Luck Chuck. Oh, so Dan- from Good Luck Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I knew I recognized him. I had no idea from where, but yeah, you're right. He, yeah, because he had the hot blonde wife, and then at the end of the movie, he, uh, she's in bed with some like their with their uh, maid or something, and then she's like, "Are you gonna join us or what?" And he's just like, and he just rips his pants off. <laughs> hmm. Right. So that's where we get our first introduction to Hannibal. He's a psychologist, and he's definitely a narcissist, but we know that already. Now, uh, Larry shows up after, you know, he has his session, and Larry wants Hannibal to psychoanalyze Graham, which he does a little too quickly for Larry and Graham's taste. But uh, so yeah, that's and then that's when uh, the serial killer gets sloppy by just putting the girl on the deer antlers just out in the middle of nowhere and takes her lungs out. And then that's when, after that happens, Hannibal shows up to Graham's hotel room, and as soon and let and as soon as I saw him take those containers out, I was like, oh god. Please don't. But he did, and he did. You know, like you said, he fed Graham lung pieces with scrambled eggs, and Graham was yeah. like, "Oh, this is so delicious!" And I was like, "Oh God, he's so brazen. He's feeding him lungs, and then he starts flattering him." Which, you know, being a, a a psychological thriller, you you pick up on this, and I have to give it to Mads. He does a good job of uh, I put it, I put it as being an alien. So like when like when he, he just has those scenes where he's just staring at you or staring at a character, he's it looks like he's just staring at something he doesn't understand. And it's mm-hmm. just a motionless blank look on his face. And so he's a he's a really good actor, and of course. He's been a Bond villain. He's been he's been in other movies where he oh, plays the villain, and he's really good at it. 
Yeah, I recognized him too, and I was like, "Oh, they got him playing in this." Yeah. So. And then when then when they show up to the construction company, and they're looking through the uh, like the the uh, the I quit letters from the pipe fitters, and they find and Graham finds the only one without an address or phone number. He's like, all right, what's this guy's phone number? And they and the the uh, office lady didn't know, so we see Graham taking like a box of the files out to the trunk of the car. And the office lady's also on the like it's a trailer that's raised up, so you have uh, a staircase going up to the door. And Hannibal hands out a box with with file folders on top that drop off onto the ground. And I was like, oh, he's a dick too. But he did that as a a ruse, I would say, because when a diversion, yeah, diversion, right? So when uh, Graham and the office lady are picking all the stuff up, he walks back in, takes some Kleenex, lifts up the receiver of the phone, dials with his knuckle the number of the guy that they're about to go talk to, and it goes to the house, and the and the daughter picks up the phone. It's like, Dad, it's for you, and the guy's like, Hello. It's like, it's like they know. He, Hannibal said more, but like the main thing was, he's like, are you listening to me? Yes, they know. And he just leaves it hang there. And you see well, the look of panic show of up order. on this guy's face. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, no pipe fitter would write you no a I quit letter. They just say, give me my money and walk off. Just just knowing enough union pipe fitter. Well, no. No, nah, some do. <laughs> it just depends. I, my best friend is a union pipe fitter. Trust me. Well, well next time they, <laughs> if you quit, next, fuck you, give me my money. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I always did. Uh, well, I've done some pipe need... fitting for a union as well, and I we always uh, got our uh, we always gave in our resignation and uh, got the uh, asked for the layoff. We always got the layoff, so. Yeah. Well, next time, any any people who do TV shows like this, if you need uh, consultants, there's Gerald and Chewy for you. So, um, so Graham and Lecter go to this dude's house. The door opens up. The wife steps out. Her throat is cut, and this is where Graham starts panicking. Like he's trying, he's grabbing at her, trying to grab at her throat. He's being covered in blood now. And he pulls out his, his gun, which I'm not sure why he has a gun since he's not technically an FBI agent. Second amendment, maybe whatever. <laughs> kind of like how. Well, Can't be too careful nowadays, but no, it, he doesn't get covered in blood there. He doesn't know what to do when it comes to the wife. That's why he pulls his gun and he, goes in it's yeah. when he gets to the guy and his daughter because he tries to slit his daughter's throat and he shoots him to stop then he kneels down to try to and he doesn't know what to do to help her because she's still alive but she's bleeding out through the neck and that's when Lecter comes in and uh, puts his hands on her wound for him and whatnot yeah now when Gerald says shot him he's not He's being, he's not given the full, this dude emptied the entire magazine into this guy. Like yeah, he, he shot, shot him, him in the shoulder. Well, you know, that, that's like, <laughs> that's like yeah, he, he, he put one bullet in him. No, well, that this realistic. dude shot the fucker eight times. 
especially if you're someone with Asperger's who can have a habit of uh, uh, you you know, getting too no. deep into it, I guess. As far as <laughs> no, I'm concerned, it's not dead. Like, it to force much. As far as, as I'm concerned, it's not dead. For somebody who's not off. used to firing a firearm, <laughs> you will pull the trigger and the gun will go off and it will literally scare you and you'll pull it again. For people who don't use firearms mm. in high stress situations, well, it's the one reason why when police officers who have been on the force for a small amount of time that don't use their service weapon, when they do use it, they usually dump the fucking magazine because they hear a sound and it's them shooting and they think they're being shot at, so they continue to shoot. It's very hard to train mm. out of you. Mm. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, so he empties the magazine on the guy and the daughter, the the knife wound was only from the carotid almost. It was like a quarter of her throat got slashed. So he, like Gerald said, he's, you know, panicking, trying what he can. And then Lecter just calmly walks up, puts one hand under her neck to hold like to create to hold her in C-spine. And then the other across the wound to stop it, to try to stent to staunch the blood flow. And then that's like that last scene where he's just kind of dispassionately, just blankly staring. That's where I was like, we Holy had that shit. Once. good actor. And then see. And then he beat the shit out of the guy that cut him. Mm. It was great. And then, hmm. And, uh, yeah, so that's the episode. And it, it was, it, it, I don't know, it may not sound exciting while we're talking about it, but, yeah, it, check out the Hannibal TV series. The, it, I don't know about the second and third seasons, but so far the first season off the first episode looks really good. I was engaged, everything, everything was really good. And there's always that chilling tension because you know it's Lecter. You know it's him. And he's hmm. just there palling around and everybody's, you know, going to him for answers and stuff like that. And you're just like, holy crap. And you're just like, crap. Like they're <laughs> they're, just, they're, they're just hand. They're, uh. <laughs> and and you can even Yeah. You, you it a couple times. Just that slightest smile, like these fuckers don't even know it's me. He's uh, he's walking them and picking up their poops. <laughs> They're like pretty pets much. To I'm him. trying to remember what movie Maz Nicholson was pretty in. much. He doesn't so talk any very much in it. It's like a. Uh... He was in Casino yeah. Royale with Daniel Craig. He was Le Chief. This is like a, a sword and sorcery, but no sorcery, but just like a medieval movie. Uh, he doesn't talk very much, but he yeah, steals the I, film just in his presence. Yeah. So any final thoughts while I look him up? Sounds enjoyable. Um, yeah, uh, so far, good show. Um, I'm probably going to watch the second episode today after the podcast sometime. Um, <laughs> I, I'm honestly really enjoying it. I haven't come across anything that I can 
I haven't come across anything I can complain about. Like I, and maybe I will, but off of this, just off of this first episode, really, really well done. I'm still trying to understand. This is what's really bothering me. Mm-hmm. The construction worker who they are pretty sure who was doing the other murders. It is. It feels very ambiguous whether Lecter was controlling him or not. Like, like it's very ambiguous whether Lecter is the one doing all of the murders, but because he's the type of uh, like serial killer who has no modus operandi and can be completely, he can do his killings completely randomly. They can be completely different from each other, so there's no way to peg down that kind of killer. It's and yeah, it's ambiguous whether he's been doing all of the killings, but like they said, he's the kind of killer you can't psychoanalyze. There's no motivation behind it. He just does it and every every killing can be completely different. And if what he said to the pipe fitter was about something completely different and it wasn't the pipe fitter who was the killer, or if Lecter was using the pipe fitter as a pawn of some kind, because I don't know, just because they don't let you know what Lecter said to him. And he apparently said something that scared him enough that he killed his wife was going to kill his daughter. And I'm pretty sure was going to kill himself. Right. So, and it's also very obvious that, that Hannibal it, it almost feels like he sees a Maybe. apprentice in Graham. Kind of like he saw an apprentice in Starling. Yeah. In the original. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Chewie, Valhalla Rising, Clash of the Titans, The Hunt, Age of Uprising. These are movies of his that he's been in. Oh, and then another thing, Gerald, he's replacing Johnny Depp as uh, Gellert Grindelwald. No, Gellert Grindelwald. Yeah. Voldemort isn't even alive in these these movies. He's the kid with uh, the dark thing. Well, he's not. Okay, so he's not. (laughs) uh, Okay, but he's not Voldemort at at this time. (sighs) I don't know Fucking why they're chewy. getting rid of Johnny Depp. I mean, right, he did so. a really good job when he actually, when they leave him the fuck alone. Well, they're getting rid of him because of all the Amber Heard stuff. Yeah, same reason why. Oh, yeah. Same reason why now he's not, he's not, he's no longer Jack Sparrow. No, Margot Robbie is going to play a female version of Jack Sparrow who is. Open to screw about? anybody. Yeah, I saw this on a on an article. Uh, he in the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie, Margot Robbie is going to be taking over Jack Sparrow's character. That is character the dumbest fucking idea I've ever heard about. LGBT. They can make a female pirate that's playing as a male that was historically <sighs> accurate that happened, but you're not going to take Johnny Depp and turn it into Margot Robbie. I mean, uh, Salma Hayek did a really good impression no, of him in doing. the first 15 minutes of which one was it for the fountain of eternal life and shit with Blackbeard? 
Dead Men Tell Was that Selma Hayek? I don't think that was Selma Hayek. It was the one with Selma Hayek and the guy that was in Deadwood and the guy that plays Zeus on American Gods. Yeah, that's Selma. Yeah, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Either Selma Mm, or Prometheus. No, it's actually. Hang on. Okay. I knew it's yeah, the best it's you know, the best Hispanic breasts in Hollywood. It was either hers or hers. They're a tie. <laughs> well, Selma Hayek isn't even Hispanic. She's uh, she's from England. You cannot tell me if you talk like this, you do not have some sort of Spanish influence. Maybe I'm just a racist. Um, <laughs> no, this is or how she maybe she's just a good actor. Video. <laughs> she, she, she's got a spandic tendency, son. She she does. <laughs> oh wait, no, no, no. I'm no, not okay. No, I'm I'm thinking, uh, not Selma Hayek. Yeah, she's she's definitely Hispanic. I was thinking of uh, Catherine Zeta Jones. <laughs> Never mind. Disregard me. Yeah, now, Catherine Zeta Jones is mm. English, but yeah, yes, Selma yes. Hayek definitely. Sassy McBigtits. No, um, go ahead. Mm. All right. So, any other thoughts before we go on? Cyberpunk's good. Uh, nope. I think this. Uh, so far, I'm only about like ten minutes into it, but so far, yeah, I like was, it. Yeah, he was making sure his character's penis was long enough to uh, be able to hold to accommodate the yeah. shot. Uh, Gerald, augmentation. The <laughs> best way to break the game. So you do obscene amount to hell with everything but a pistol. <laughs> you use a revolver <laughs> and put most of your points into reflexes in the pistol tree part. This they broke the modifiers in the game. Mm. It's basically Skyrim in the future, where if you're in stealth and you shoot something with a pistol, I've seen <laughs> yeah. numbers of 6K. It, yeah, uh, Squid was yeah. talking about how he was watching Spiffy Brit. Uh, he he also did it and yeah. did like 11 or 12K. Like, like ridiculously high numbers, but no, no, I'm going to play it the way I want to play it. Um, and from what <laughs> I'm seeing of the, what I'm seeing of the skills and the perks, I can make a really ridiculous oh. juggernaut tank. I'm the juggernaut bitch. Well, so far my I'm favorite rifle in the bitch. game is a lock on sniper rifle. Once you get them, there's, there's a perk where you can see them behind shit. And as soon as it gets locked on, if you just aim like in a, hmm. an arc above it, it'll bend the bullet and hit them in the head <laughs> almost every time. It's like wanted the game. <laughs> I've actually well, wanted okay, so the game. What I also found, I was telling David about it, is I found a perk in the tree called Stronger Together, which gives you an attack bonus when you're carrying a body. And the picture is literally a dude swinging another guy by his leg. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going... Another motherfucker. 
yeah, I, I have every intention of uh, making a, uh, I'm going to be making a bruiser, like a real heavy tank bruiser cool. and see how far I get. Hmm. You want to know what my favorite weapon in the game is? Well, they're no, patching it right now, it. Ah. so I don't know what they're patching, but they're patching right now. Yeah, I think I got the patch. I think I got that patch like right before the podcast started because I, I know it updated itself. Mm. All right. So, any other other final thoughts? Uh, Hannibal so far is really good. I I hope it keeps this level of quality throughout. Um, and if it goes above that, I'm all right with that. Mm. I just hope it keeps that level of quality throughout. Um. Uh, past that, uh, once again, Blood of Zeus probably going to be a show I love to hate because I I love watching Greek mythology animations, I, hmm. like animated uh, shows and movies on Greek mythology. I really really love, even when they get shit wrong. Um, <laughs> so I'm probably going to love to hate this. Um, so so I'm definitely interested in watching the rest of it. So we will get there. So, um, listen, taking bets on what episode of Hannibal's going to ruin Gerald's nut. Taking bets now. Which one's it going to be? Well, hopefully, <laughs> if, if, season if, they, premiere if, doing, part, if they do season as good two, that's what I'm gonna say where it goes to as they're doing. I haven't seen any of it. <laughs> oh, well. If I review season two, it'll be as a whole, so. Hmm. All right, so let's uh, go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come what back to topic? our main topic. How X is made, and X being whatever Gerald has something, and then I have ah. work experience that I'm going to talk about. And maybe Chewie can go off on how an individual is made. Mm. <laughs> Right. 